Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join us today. Here we are into another month of gardening. We are into the ninth month of the year, September. So I hope you have a happy September. Uh, This is that month where we sort of are transitioning from summer into fall. (laughs) I still expect that uh, October will feel a bit like summer for for most of the month, Uh, but I really am anticipating those cooler days aren't you uh like i said maybe last week or week before some mornings we wake up and it's almost feeling like fall it's like that nice cool 60 degree weather of course um doesn't last for long doesn't last for long but it's amazing to think that um you know we're nearly three quarters of the way through 2023 and we've got so much to look forward to of course a, a, a winter to come another spring next year so there's a lot of things that we're going to be needing to do in the landscape uh, to kind of put it to sleep if you will for the winter of course your plants are naturally going to hibernate if you will go dormant that's what we the term we use they'll be going dormant uh, for winter but there are some things we'll probably need to be doing and thinking about Uh, so as we get closer to fall we'll talk more and more about what we need to be doing at certain uh, certain times of the year we talked about some late summer tasks not too long ago and of course um, we talked about some late summer plants uh, still at the late summer time we've talked about starting our fall vegetable gardens so you can still be doing some of that uh, we should have plenty of warm days and the soil is still warm the soil will actually stay quite warm even as we get into fall and the air temperature starts to cool the the soil will stay warm especially if you've added mulch on top of your planting beds because that's going to act like a blanket Uh, one of the things that mulch does for soil is it helps to moderate the soil temperature yes it helps to choke out weeds it helps to uh, moderate the moisture level in the soil but it also helps to moderate the temperature of the soil something we don't think about because in the summer an exposed soil can become very hot But if it's mulched, that soil stays quite cool uh, compared to the air temperature. And then, of course, in the wintertime, it helps to trap heat. So even though the air temperature might be quite warm, uh, excuse me, in wintertime, air temperature is quite cool or cold, the soil will stay nice and warm. So be sure to be on the lookout for mulching areas that may be getting thin. You know, if you're using some kind of organic matter like uh, pine straw or wood chips, that mulch is going to start to decompose, which is wonderful because it goes into the soil. Uh, Earthworms consume it, bacteria, microbiology consumes it, converts it into uh, uh, sort of this humus. You know, if you go into the woods, we have that humus layer uh, right on top of the soil where the leaves fall year after year. And that's essential for a healthy soil, especially here in the south where our topsoil is quite shallow. 
Uh, so be sure to be monitoring how much mulch you have. You only need about two inches of mulch. You don't need to add any more. Uh, any more is no better, could be harmful, and any less is not helpful. Uh, you might as well not put it. So two inches of soil, two inches deep, is a wonderful thing to look at when you're mulching. And be sure to keep that mulch two inches away from the base of plants. You don't want mulch right up against the stem traps moisture, doesn't allow for good airflow, and that is a perfect condition for disease, maybe rot, to start happening around the stem. So there are some things we'll be talking about in the coming weeks as we approach a new season. Probably, I do like spring, but I would say that fall is maybe one of my favorite seasons, one of my favorite seasons. I don't know, I just like the change. You know, I just like the anticipation, the change, of course. It's been hot. It's summertime. We're ready for a change. And then when we get to the cool days and the cold days, we get tired of being bundled up and wrapped inside, put in the house. We want to get out. So this change in spring is always something to anticipate. But I will say that I probably don't always anticipate summer because it's just so hot, isn't it? It's just brutal. Um, but uh, today I thought we'd take a direction that we've really never gone down before. We're going to take a garden path that we've never gone down before. Today we're going to talk about landscaping to increase your home's value, your house value. Now, this is something that horticulture has always been a proponent of because, of course, the industry um, the industry wants to make sales. They want to be a viable industry, selling more plants, selling gardening products. Uh, but there is good research to show that a well-landscaped area uh, benefits people. Uh, and there's a whole list of things that we won't get into today, but reasons that horticulture is so beneficial. And now, uh, we've talked about this on New Southern Garden before, uh, that we're seeing that there's medical benefits, uh, sort of a vitamin N Gardening gives you a vitamin N. You know, you get vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin D, vitamin C. Uh, but vitamin N means nature. Vitamin N. So take a healthy dose of vitamin N and get into nature, get into your landscape. And all the while, you will be helping to improve the value of your home. Now, we're not going to get into, say, numerical details. We're not going to be able to really get into how much dollars you may be helping to increase your home's value. But we know that the housing market now, prices are quite high. Uh, they say it's a seller's market, right? Not necessarily a buyer's. If you are selling your home at a really good price, what are you going to buy if you're moving out? So uh, with that being said, though, if anything, whether it's a numerical increase, which there surely will be some of that, or maybe if it's more of a um, of a lifestyle increase, right? Like having a well landscaped, a, a garden, a beautiful lawn, beautiful trees, beautiful flowers. That's definitely going to increase the value of at least wanting to be in your landscape and be outside amongst uh, your your immediate nature, right? Maybe not the deep woods, but your immediate nature, what is right off your patio, right off the front porch. It's definitely going to increase that uh, for you or if you're selling. Uh, there will definitely be some things that pe buyers may be looking for. Um, I always, I would have to say though, uh, scourging the internet, looking for things that other sites are saying, other people, maybe blogs even, uh, real estate blogs, gardening magazines, been doing some research on some of these points, um, and they all have their own take. So this will be my take on uh, how I would look at some of these from the horticultural perspective uh, on how these 
attributes of a landscape that you can do, simple projects or planting of certain trees or shrubs, uh, what these can actually bring. Maybe they're not a direct factor for people to buy. Like you may not necessarily have to have some of these in your landscape. People will still buy your house. Um, But some of them, if you have these, say, landscape um, entities in your landscape uh, that we're going to talk about today, if you have these there, People who are looking at your home to buy, they may not notice some of these, but without them, they may notice. They may notice. So keep that in mind, that some of these are maybe more psychological, if you will. It's not necessarily a huge feature. It's not something dramatic uh, in the landscape, but it's something simple that they, they may just pass by and psychologically think, oh, that's kind of nice out here. But of course... Do people buy houses for the certain kinds of plants that are in the landscape or the certain landscape design or certain landscape features? Probably not unless, you know, it's you and me and we're just crazy about our landscapes and gardening. For the most part, people probably don't put that at the top of their list. You know, they're looking for a certain number of bedrooms, certain number of bathrooms, certain size bedrooms, size bathrooms, certain kind of kitchen setup maybe, uh, or certain kind of entertainment entertainment area or living space. Those are probably things that take a higher priority than the landscape. I'm not touting the landscape as the dominant factor, but I still believe this. I do believe this strongly, that you can put $30,000 into remodeling a portion of your home's interior or uh, a certain room. And, you know, kitchens, I hear, understand, help to sell a house, and bathrooms help to sell a house, maybe. But you can upgrade those. You can renovate those areas for thousands of dollars. And the only people who are going to see those renovations are the people who actually walk into the room, into the doors. However, if you put at least a little bit into the landscape, maybe just the front of your house, Everybody who drives by that house, your house, on your street, is surely going to see it. So even though the landscape really does, for most homeowners, take a very low priority, I mean, I hate to say that, uh, but it is true, and of course, we Americans, we do like to be more inside these days than outside, but uh, that's not for all of us, not for all of us. But the reality is, is if we spend time to keep the outside quite impressive, you are going to be impressing the world, (laughs) as far as the world goes with anybody who's passing by you on your street. So keep that in mind, just maybe a few, uh, few upgrades, few minor changes in the landscape to the design, to the plant selection materials, uh, maybe doing a better job of selecting plants that are blooming throughout the year rather than just in the spring. Uh, These things can be a, a, a big drawing point just because The impression of the house, the first impression of the house is going to be what the outside looks like. You know, it's just like when you're meeting a person. I remember in uh, school, they would be, uh, particularly high school and college, they were helping us to get a job, you know, to go out into the world, and they would do interviews, mock interviews, you know. So in other words, they would, the teacher would set you down and go through an interview as if you're uh, going to interview for a real job, but of course it was not a real job, it was just practice. And they would always reiterate that, you know, the first impression means everything. 
If you have a good first impression, that's a good setup, a good start for maybe a, a continued relationship, maybe getting hired if you're in an interview. But a bad first impression is not a good setup for what is going to follow. So that is what I think of as the landscape. It's the first impression. Whether you're selling your house or not, the landscape is the first impression that uh, if you're selling your house, a buyer is going to be looking at. Or if you just are having people over, if you're just having people over, the first impression is that is the landscape. So I think we ought to give a little more credit and a little more attention to renovating the exterior of the house um, just as much as we anticipate, uh, you know, renovating the interior. And that's basically what we're going to talk about today. These things don't necessarily, uh, these points that I've gathered together, uh, they don't necessarily, uh, you know, deal with just folks who are selling a house. But I think if you're doing some of these things to improve the landscape in your um, at, around your property, if you're doing these things while you're living there, then you are just you are increasing the value, maybe slowly, a little bit at a time, increasing the value of your home, definitely increasing the value of a landscape. Uh, but also, like I said earlier, you're increasing the value of living in your landscape, being in your landscape and entertaining in your landscape. Maybe you are going to be uh, bringing friends over and maybe have small parties. Like we have um, two young kids. You May know if you've been listening to this program, Eden and Ezra, we're actually going to be celebrating their birthdays here this month. Uh, one was born in September, the other in October. So we've got a almost four-year-old and almost two-year-old, and we have their parties in our landscape um, around an entertainment area. We have a swimming pool, so this kind of late summer is is perfect area to entertain. We maybe grill out or bring in pizza or whatever. Uh, And so we're trying to make that area a little more appealing, a little more fun to be in. And you can surely be doing some of those things. So again, today we are talking here on New Southern Garden about increasing the value of your home uh, by doing some landscaping, landscaping that will help to increase the value of your house. And again, I don't want to stress the numerical values. I just want to stress the idea of a pleasing place, a place that is maybe well thought out, uh, beautiful, and just just happy to be around. And again, as we go through some of these bullet points today, you're going to find that not all of them are just right in your face, like something big and outlandish. No, some of these are just so simple and almost psychological that people who see them think, oh, that's that's nice. I wouldn't have thought of that or something like that. So when we get back from this break, we're going to jump right in on increasing the value of your house by landscaping. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. 
Well, gang, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about increasing the value of your house by simply landscaping. And if you're just joining us, I want to remind, or I want to let you know, (laughs) that we need to start thinking of our landscapes as the first impression to our home and to our house. Whether you're trying to sell and a buyer pulls in to your driveway or along the street and they get out of their car, turn to the house, your house you're trying to sell, and what do they see first? The landscape. They're not going to see the kitchen first. They're not going to see the bathroom tile first. No, that's going to happen later. Whenever you're meeting somebody for the first time, a first the first impression is critical. Whether you are presenting yourself, <laughs> and the same for your house. Maybe you're not selling your house, but you do entertain folks. Maybe you do have parties, get-togethers, etc. And that is still one of the most critical things, is making sure that when people first come to your house, the first thing they see is your landscape. So today we are talking about simple things you can do for the most part. Uh, Maybe some a little later, a bit more constructive, (laughs) a bit more construction going on. Uh, But some of these are so simple, maybe you're already doing them. Uh, But these are things that people may be looking for in a landscape, but also it may be things they not necessarily know they're looking for, but it's nice to have. And scourging across the internet and across resources, gardening magazines and real estate places, uh, one of the common themes is the very first thing we can do to increase the value of our house is add trees. Plant trees around your landscape. And I think this is so true because think of this. Whenever you're driving by a house uh, and you see a house that has nothing but lawn or grass, you know, it's a nice maintained lawn uh, or maintained grass, but there's nothing else. There's nothing to attract your attention. It's, it's like the whole landscape is just on a single plane. All you've got is this monotony of green grass. And some grass is nice, don't get me wrong. But if that's all the landscape has to offer, there's not much to look at. And so by adding trees, it's just something super simple that we can do. Maybe create an island bed with two or three trees or a single specimen tree. That could be critical. And then, of course, shade trees. There are plenty of reasons why we might add trees. And having a bit of shade is nice, particularly here in the south. And we have a ton of plants, uh, trees that provide uh, shade and provide maybe ornamental value. So think of this when it comes to planting trees. Um, If you're looking for shade trees, some of the biggest shade trees you're going to be looking for are oaks and and maples. Uh, Maybe sycamore, that's kind of not as well known, but still a decent shade tree. But all these trees get quite large. And you may not be able to use a tree that gets 60 to 100 feet in your landscape. As a matter of fact, uh, nowadays our lot sizes where our homes are built on, the lots are getting smaller and smaller, some of them just a fraction of an acre, and we're living very close to our neighbors. So having a tree that casts shade, not just on our lot, but across the neighborhood, uh, that could be problematic. So one thing we need to consider is when we plant trees to increase the value of our house, our home, uh, we need to think about scale. S-C-A-L-E, scale. Now, that is a design term, a gardening design term, that says that the size of things should fit together. 
that's kind of a summation of what scale means. The size of things in the landscape should fit together. There shouldn't be something very large next to things that are very little. And so if your uh, landscape is small, maybe your lot is quite small, then we need to use scale when it comes to trees. Oaks and maples may be too big for a small lot. So you may want to think about smaller trees and some of those that can actually uh, provide some shade, uh, but also provide uh, ornamental value is, of course, of course, the South's favorite summer blooming tree is crepe myrtle. Many of those are uh, can fit in tight spaces. Some of them are maybe uh, just a small, a large shrub, eight or ten feet tall. But yes, some can get 20, 40 feet. So be sure you're selecting a variety that fits right. But it's going to provide four season interest. It's going to have beautiful bright green leaves in the spring. Uh, summer, it's going to be blooming. Fall, it's going to have some of the best fall color you've seen on a, a crepe myrtles. Um, and then, of course, in the wintertime, even though it drops its leaves, it has uh, exfoliating bark, bark that peels off the trunk. And that really can be attractive uh, when you're looking at nothing much going on in the wintertime. And there are plenty of crepe myrtles uh, that have this duotone bark. So very good cinnamon color barks. Uh, Natchez crepe myrtle, which is a white one, has a very rusty cinnamon bark. And that is to me, one of the most attractive crepe myrtles as far as this bark is concerned. Um, the dogwoods, of course, are a spring blooming uh, plant, but they do tend to stay on the smaller side, maybe no bigger than 20, 25 feet for its landscape value. Same for redbud. Uh, both of these, there's native varieties if you would like to think about planting native trees. And of course, you know that I love the service berry because the service berry is a great plant for wildlife. It has early spring blossoms like dogwoods and redbuds, but then it does produce a very uh, del delicious fruit as far as the birds are concerned uh, later in the summer, and it's edible for you and me too. Um, doesn't taste quite as good as a blueberry maybe, but uh, you could probably turn it into jams or preserves or something. Uh, but these are some simple trees that we've talked about from time to time, uh, but when it comes to planting trees, having a bit of shade in your landscape, having adding dimension to your landscape with trees is going to be quite attractive for someone who might be trying to buy your house uh, or just for your visitors who are there to enjoy being with you. And you've got to make sure the biggest thing with planting trees is you are planting trees that are in scale with the size of your house or the size of your property uh, and, of course, the other plants that they will be growing together with. Now, another point, I guess our second point today on increasing the value of your home with landscaping is to simply spruce up the front walkway, the front entrance. You know, not every home has a true front walkway, I guess, uh, but there is definitely the front of your house. And if that does not look too appealing, then that first impression that whether a visitor or a potential buyer comes to the house and looks at the front, the house may be spectacular. The house may be spectacular, may be gorgeous, but spruce up the front walkway. Add plants that are maybe evergreen. Add plants that do bloom. Add some flowering things. Maybe have some annual beds. Uh, of course, using those design principles that we've talked about, the big three is using uh, texture of foliage, the color of things, whether it's color of foliage, 
foliage or color of flowers and the shape. Using different shapes of plants is going to help to bring about contrast that really makes the front or that planting bed stand out from the rest of, of, of the landscape. We've got to make sure that the front looks good when we're trying to increase uh, the home value. I was working just to give a little story here, I was uh, working with a lady who is building a new house up in the mountains here, and um, she uh, said, I've spent my whole life uh, working, saving money so I could build the home of my dreams. And here it is, she said. She wanted me to come out because she went on and, and said that the house was finished, it was, it was nearly complete. And she said, I look back and I said, something just doesn't look right. Like this is the house I've always wanted. I've saved up for it. It just doesn't look right. And she said, I realized pretty quickly that because there was no garden, because there was no plants, because there was no landscaping, that even though the house was exactly what she wanted, and it was a beautiful house, without the plants, without the landscape, she realized that it just didn't look finished. It didn't look complete. And I think that we see that uh, quite often. You know, even around my own house, which is not nearly where I want it to be, but there are areas where, uh, you know, you can see certain things. Maybe you can see the foundation of the home. And that makes it look unfinished. Because uh, the, the house itself, being a, a, a piece of architecture, the house itself is quite rigid, square, boxy, straight lines. But it's the plant material. When we add the fluffy bushes and the wispy flowers and the, the swaying of the grasses and all that, when we do all of that, that really starts to make things look really good. And it starts to soften the hard lines of the house's architecture. Well, gang, we've got more tips for you if you're looking to increase the value of your home. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about some other things that are quite simple. You Maybe you didn't think about doing, but it may be critical to adding a little bit of value to your house. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back to the second half of today's program here on New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm glad you decided to join us. If you're just joining us for today's program, maybe you just turned on the radio or uh, happened to walk by and picking up, I want to let you know what we're talking about today. We're talking about increasing the value of your home by simply landscaping. And again, the landscape, I believe, is the first impression that your home is going to give, whether it's a visitor to your house or whether you're trying to sell your house. The landscape, if it doesn't look right, like it's not a maybe a deal breaker because people are buying the house. They can do their own landscaping. But remember, uh, if they pull in and see a beautiful front, beautiful side, beautiful backyard, uh, then 
And only then, after they've looked at the landscape, are they going to walk into the house. So uh, trying to do some things to spruce up the place, make things look a little nicer. Uh, Already we've talked about the the first point is to plant trees. Trees can add body and dimension. It's like a good shampoo, a very, you know, uh, barbershop or beauty salon style shampoo, really expensive shampoo. It's going to add body and volume. And trees do that. They take void space, empty space, whether it's a lawn or just bare soil and they add some volume there they add some mass and they do add dimension by adding depth to your landscape so planting trees whether it's for shade or shade and maybe ornamental value is a wonderful thing to do and then of course The front walkway, that front entryway, whatever it may look like, we need to spruce that up. We need it to look well landscaped and very attractive, very attractive. When I say well landscaped, I don't necessarily mean like the manicured landscapes or the formal style landscapes. It can be a very informal style, but it's got to be pleasing and attractive and really want to Uh, That front landscape is really going to help to draw people into the front doors so they can really see what is going on inside the house. And remember, uh, when it comes to having a beautiful landscape outside, even if you're inside the house, don't forget about windows. You know, windows are there and people can peer out the window and look onto some beautiful plants, some beautiful, well-designed spaces. Uh, We really just can't forget about that immediate area, uh, front walkway, or maybe the the view outside of windows. And uh, the next one, though, is something that, you know, uh, someone who's coming to buy a house or uh, just come visit you, they may not think about, they may not think about this, but um, if it's not there, they will notice it. It's one of these things where if it's there, they won't notice. But if it's not there, they will notice. And that is privacy. Creating privacy around your landscape. As I've already mentioned, our lot sizes in America, particularly the Southeast, that's for sure, uh, is quickly getting smaller. People used to live on larger tracts of land, but now we're living on very just fractions of acres. And that puts us closer together to our neighbors. You know, I mean, I guess. Uh, You don't get much closer to your neighbor than maybe living in an apartment or a duplex, uh, multi-family housing, they they say. But if we do have our own place uh, and we've only got a few feet between our house and our neighbor's house, it may be critical to think about creating privacy. And that's why I say that uh, if creating privacy is not there, People will notice it because you'll be looking at your neighbor's backyard. Uh, So many times, uh, people who uh, contact me, particularly through the nursery, uh, uh, Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week, folks who come to the nursery nine out of ten times who are looking for shrubs and trees, they're looking to create privacy between their neighbor. And they say things like, I really love my neighbor. They're really nice people. But, but they've got something going on in the backyard that I don't want to look at. Or I really love my neighbors. They've got this young family with children, but they've got a play set or they got a swimming pool. And when I'm on my balcony, when I'm on my deck, I'm looking outside and all I can see is their backyard and what they're doing. If they're swimming, I can see them. And so creating a sense of privacy and a sense of enclosure that this is your space, not being shared with other people, even though it 
basically is, uh, is going to be critical. And that's why I say if you don't have privacy in your landscape, people will notice that because they'll be looking at your next door neighbor. So the thing about creating privacy with plants is that it takes a while. Sure, you could go to the expense of of purchasing a fence, having a fencing company come out and give you a privacy fence. Uh, Most times we're looking at a six, eight, maybe 10 foot tall fence, very rare. You don't want it to feel like Fort Knox, right? But that gives you instant privacy. Just like laying sod gives you an instant lawn, you don't have to sow the grass, you don't have to wait for it to germinate and grow and fill in. Uh, A fence can give you instant privacy. But of course, that's on the higher end of the budget. And it might be necessary, it might be critical for your landscape to use a fence. But if you'd rather have the softer textures of plants uh, and growing living materials, then we've got to, uh, we've got to uh, give and take a little bit with plants. What I mean is we can plant a tree, we can plant some evergreen plants to give us privacy, but they're going to take a while to fill in and touch each other and uh, create that true screen or uh, privacy hedge that we're looking for. So uh, a couple of ways around that, of course, is, is buying bigger plants. Now, of course, buying bigger plants comes with a bigger cost of the plant material itself. But if you buy plants that are already six foot, eight foot, 10 foot, you can go up to 12, 15. You can buy really big plants. Going to that uh, step and buying bigger plants is going to cut down on the number of years it takes for that screen and privacy fence to fill in. Um, Or you can plant them closer. You can plant younger plants closer. If you're creating a hedge, you know, you can plant hedge plants as close together as you like, and they will just fill in. And yes, they'll compete with each other, but you'll be trimming, keeping it nice and thick and dense. And so that would be a route to go to. Um, but remember, going with plants to create privacy in your landscape uh, is not going to be as instant as growing or building, rather, a fence. When we moved into our place about three years ago, there, there were sort of a natural buffer between us and a particular neighbor. And about a month after we moved in, they, that neighbor had sold their property, so the new, uh, the new owners had cleared out that natural hedge and opened it up. And we didn't know what was on the other side of that natural buffer hedge, if you will, until a month after we moved in and we started seeing uh, what they had stored and what they had in that area. So almost immediately, through the encouragement of my wife, I <laughs> uh, started planting trees and shrubs that are going to cover that view and hide all of their stuff that we don't want to see. And you may have a similar thing there. But even three years later, it's not covered. Uh, I started with young plants, but um, plant them quite close together. Uh, but they're growing, and it will fill in. And that's why I think that this, this point, number three, create privacy in the landscape, is really going to add value. It's not something that... People will notice if it's there. If you have a hedge, if you have a screen, people may not even notice it, which is good. Uh, But if it's not there and people are looking, uh, maybe potential buyers are looking at your next door neighbors and all their junk, (laughs) that might not be a wonderful thing for a sale. Uh, But of course, just for your own benefit, creating a sense of privacy, a bit of enclosure helps to create a sense of place. 
And of course, it will um, add to you wanting to be out there. So you're in your own place with no distractions and nobody else peering into what you're doing either. Uh, Number four, Number four, I I don't love to talk about this point, but it has got to be said, so we might as well put it in here uh, pretty early. Invest in a well-maintained lawn. You know, if you've listened to New Southern Garden for maybe a few months, or definitely the years we've been here, uh, I don't love lawn and grasses. Uh, There is a place for them. Definitely, you know, we've got to have a, a space for lawn at our house because uh, the children need a place to run and play. And, and lawn is it's like a blanket. It's like a carpet. Uh, but I like to use lawn as um, um, uh, being, being more proactive with using lawn, not just letting everything be lawn, but using certain areas as lawn for certain purposes. Uh, so be intentional when you're using your lawn and then surround the lawn with uh, plants, shrubs, flowering perennials, perennial border, uh, whatever, uh, a shrub border, you know, having something around the lawn that really ties it together with the rest of the place. But investing in a key word here is well-maintained lawn. Now, a well-maintained lawn could simply be making sure it gets mowed regularly. Obviously, if someone is going to sell their house, they're probably not going to leave the lawn unmowed. But you do need to make sure that you mow it regularly because if a lawn grass gets too tall and you trim it down to its normal cutting height, then you're removing all the greenery and you're just left with sort of the brown stems. Now, the the plants, the grass is not dead, but... Uh, it's going to take it a while, maybe a couple of weeks, for that brown to start filling out with green again. But if you're regularly mowing, well-maintaining that lawn, then the greenery is going to be there because every time you cut, uh, you let it grow a little bit and then cut it again. Let it grow a little bit and cut it again. You do that weekly maybe, and you'll have a thick, dense lawn rather than that raggedy, scattered lawn that just has sort of brown spots here and there. Now, I think when it comes to lawn, that if it's green, it's a lawn, okay? However, some people don't think that. Some people say a lawn has no weeds, has nothing but the kind of grass you're trying to grow. Well, yes, I suppose that can be true as well. Again, my philosophy is if it's green, it's a lawn. Yes, there may be some clover. There may be a few dandelions. There may be some other types of weedy grasses, but I keep it mowed, and I don't let those go to seed, and it keeps the grass nice and thick and full, and it's still green. But, of course, some people, uh, they're quite religious with their lawn practices, and that's okay uh, if it works for them. And, of course, that would be trying to weed and feed maybe more regularly. Of course, feeding grass, grasses, lawn grasses, they love to be fed. They're hungry. They are heavy feeders. And so, with that being said, uh, I don't necessarily um, add fertilizer just to my lawn. I mean, my lawn probably gets some fertilizer from the plant beds that uh, the plants don't use, and it washes into the lawn areas. Uh, But keeping it green, okay? And of course, if you want to keep it weeded so that you actually have just a turf grass with no weeds, that is another example of being a, keeping a well-maintained lawn. Uh, and of course, you don't have to necessarily do that chemically. You can do some pulling of weeds in your lawn. It's quite um, quite intensive, uh, but there are some, um, some, some new uh, organic um, 
um, herbicides that you can spray into lawns, uh, like say the uh, mazes or uh, maize. Uh, that of course is comes from corn, the maize, um, and that corn they call it corn gluten, but uh, it's a good pre-emergent. So using that in the springtime can help suppress weeds. Uh, but as far as a post weed killer, uh, you'll probably have to use some things like vinegar and certain uh, citric acids and things like that or caprylic acid. There are some things that are natural there that you could use to do that without going the chemical route. But making sure the lawn looks well. I think if we just at least mow the lawn, uh, whether we do all the extra things that you know are helpful but uh, may not necessarily have to be done, I think that just keeping it green, keeping it cut low so that it looks like a blanket uh, across the ground. That's what people are probably going to be looking for. Um, But yes, so plant trees, spruce up the front walkway, create some privacy, and invest in a well-maintained lawn. These are just the first, but when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about a few more ways that you can increase the value of your home by just getting outside and digging in the dirt. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. So gang, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about different ways that you can increase the value of your home through your landscaping. Uh, I've said this at the top of every segment today, and I'll say it again since this is the last segment. It's critical that the landscape is the first impression people get of your home. No one who drives by your house it can even see the color of the tile or the shape of the tile in the bathroom. They can't tell what kind of countertops you have in your kitchen, but they will see how nice or not nice the landscape may look. And first impressions mean everything, don't they? First impressions are important. And so with that being said, today we are talking about ways to give a good first impression to your house, whether you're trying to sell your house and you have a, a buyer coming uh, or a potential buyer. Or if you just have friends and family coming over and they really want to impress them and create a sense of place when y'all can have parties and get togethers. Um, I talked about planting trees, sprucing up the front walkway and the front entrance, uh, creating privacy uh, from neighbors, of course, and uh, investing in a well-maintained lawn. Uh, But another simple step here, step number five that you can take that's really simple is simply to spread fresh mulch. Uh, maybe before a big get together, or if you like, we have a uh, party for our, our babies in the fall because it's their birthdays. Uh, we have everybody come over. We'll make sure that the the the, the mulch looks good. I mean, it's just something simple. Just having spread uh, fresh pine straw or, or fresh wood chips, whatever it is. Um, 
I love well-rotted wood chips because that means it's doing its job. Well-rotted wood chips are helping to uh, feed the plants, feed the soil. But of course, having a fresh uh, look on top of well-rotted chips is important too. So adding mulch, uh, especially if you're about to sell your house or put it on the market before the uh, your real estate agent comes out to take pictures, Make sure that you've got that fresh mulch. It's quite a simple investment to make. It uh, doesn't take much money. It takes a little bit of time, a little bit of work, you know. Uh, but again, when it comes to spreading mulch, uh, I don't know why I mentioned at the top of today's show. I knew I was going to talk about it later. Uh, but when we spread mulch around our plants, we want to make sure that it's two inches thick. Um, if you're using pine straw, be sure to spread it initially at four inches thick because pine straw will settle down to about half of its uh, initial spread uh, and that will give you that two inch thick layer. Two inches is the golden sweet spot. There's good horticultural research saying that anything less than two is not beneficial. Anything more than two uh, is overkill and may not be be too great for your plant's roots. So two inches thick and when you spread mulch, be sure to pull it two inches away from the base of any tree or any stem. Uh, The base of your gardenias does not need to be piled up with mulch. Be sure to rake it back and keep a nice free mulch ring around the base of your plants. Mulch volcanoes are a real thing. Mulch volcanoes are where people pile up uh, mulch maybe a foot. I've seen it as high as three feet up the side of a uh, tree trunk. And that can cause girdling. It can cause rotting around the stem. Anytime the mulch is pressed up against a a trunk or a tree, a a stem, uh, you can trap moisture there and bacteria will start working and potentially start rotting your tree. So no mulch volcanoes. Use the two by two rule, two inches thick and two inches away from the base of a plant. Now, some other things uh, that through research here, I think are important, but they get a little more technical and, and they get a little more expensive. Everything we've talked about here is uh, so far is, is fairly cheap to do. You could do it yourself, maybe pay someone to do it. But the next things you may need some help doing, you may need to contract, you could definitely do it yourself. Uh, but step number six here to increasing the value of your house through, through landscaping is to install landscape lighting. And I think it was maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we talked about landscape lighting uh, and some things you can do. And the idea here is that, of course, landscape lighting can really st- uh, make the garden stand out even after the sun has gone down. So whether you're entertaining and people are in your landscape after it's gotten dark, particularly in the fall when the time changes and, and the sun is lower and sets sooner, uh, or maybe through winter, uh, that is a good time to be able to enjoy some landscape lighting. Now, most of the time, a homeowner, a, a potential buyer of a house, of a home, they're going to be coming during the daylight. So maybe the landscape lighting is not critical for you know increasing the value of your home. But if people know it's there, it might mean something to a potential buyer. And lastly, today, step number seven is to create one outstanding landscape feature. One outstanding landscape feature. Put something into the landscape that really sets it apart or create an area that's set apart from the rest of the landscape. You know, maybe we just have some some planting beds, some islands, some borders, but what about an area like a patio? 
maybe a simple decking, maybe a 10 by 10 deck or a 10 by 10 stone patio, concrete patio, something that can be landscaped well and really look uh, stand out. That creates uh, another place within your landscape that people can enjoy. Maybe a uh, water garden. Now, water gardens to me are wonderful uh, as long as I don't have to maintain them. <laughs> so think about... Uh, Putting a feature like a water garden, which does take a good bit of maintenance, you got to make sure the water is clean. If you have uh, koi in a water garden, they've got to be fed well and maintained. You know, you got to regulate the pH and make sure algae is not growing, all these things. So, in some cases, a water garden could almost be more of a maintenance drawback for a potential buyer. You know, like I saw this in the research and I thought, well, this is good to have. They're definitely beautiful. But if a potential buyer realizes that they're going to have to maintain it or have someone pay someone to maintain it, that may be a drawback. So to me, it's kind of like a pool. We, we bought our house. There was a pool there. We thought it was a wonderful thing. Well, now I'm cleaning water, vacuuming all this throughout the summer, opening it in the spring, closing it down at the end of summer. To me, it's more of a maintenance nightmare than it is an enjoyment. But the kids love it. The kids love the pool. So maybe create a water garden uh, or, this is quite simple, a fire pit. They've been kind of trendy uh, for the past few years. Having a fire pit in your landscape, that again is to me kind of like a patio. But anytime we have a patio or a fire pit, we, I like the idea of enclosing it a bit, secluding it somehow. Uh, we helped some folks with a pat, uh, fire pit they had built for their house. Uh, and they did leave some nice beds around kind of the fire pit patio area that we helped to landscape and it really added to I haven't seen it lately I love when I help somebody with a project and then see pictures you know two three five years later uh, because it really grows out and looks really good after year three uh, but I haven't seen it lately but I know when it got installed and planted like the fire pit just changed it was a pretty fire pit it was stone and had a patio ring around it but having a planting space around that fire pit really set it off and, and made it look sharp. So again, these are some things, you know, landscape lighting, creating one unique landscape feature like a patio, water garden, fire pit. These are things that maybe, you know, add a bit to the budget. Uh, so you've got to maybe work with your real estate agent on the number side. We did not talk about the figures, how much, uh, how much value as far as dollars go some of this stuff will add you probably do want to talk to a real estate agent before you go to the expense of doing some of these pricier tag items if you will but otherwise uh be looking at ways at sprucing up your landscape making it stand out giving it a facelift if you will planting trees uh, creating privacy maintaining the lawn well spreading mulch all these things are simple well i hope that this weekend you get out there and give it a go add some value to your landscape for wrwh and new southern garden my name is nathan wilson and i hope you stay well and grow well see you next week sidewalks and buildings and Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. 